0: My topic today is, I want to begin by saying, becoming tired. How many of you feel tired after, after a day's work? If you haven't experienced tiredness, start working. <laughs> I want to begin by saying, tiredness is not something negative. We're living in a time where people don't want to get tired. Tiredness is a sign, is a good sign that you did something. That your body worked. It's a good sign. It's a positive sign. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus got tired. Jesus got tired. So if you're getting tired, it's not a bad thing. What is bad is... Getting burnt out. Getting burnt out because tiredness is the result of work. Getting burnt out is the result of toiling. Work is a blessing. Toiling is a curse. You have to understand to differentiate between the two. Otherwise you will be in either of the extreme. Either you will be toiling or doing nothing. What you should be doing is... Doing the work and not toiling and be tired. So that tired becomes, tiredness becomes a sign that you need to rest. Tiredness is not wrong. It's not evil. God designed you in a way that tiredness becomes an indicator for you. Hey, you're tired. It's time for you to take a break. And just take a moment to enjoy what you have done. Because some of us, in the times that we are living, we don't want to get tired, so we are conserving our energy so that we'll not get tired. I don't want to do this because I'll get tired. I don't want to do this I'll get tired. Maybe you need to do that to get tired and then sleep. So tiredness is not a bad thing. Getting burnt out is. Do you understand the difference? Tiredness is not a bad thing. It is not a bad thing. In fact, if you're getting tired, it means that you're doing something right. You're doing something productive with your body. But if you're getting burnt out, that's a sign that something is wrong and you need help. How many of you go to jobs, go to corporate offices, and by the time you come back home and you're tired, you should be tired because you did a good day of work the Bible says the hand of the diligent makes one rich diligence means constant effort moving towards your purpose somewhere I feel like people outside the ministry understand that tiredness is okay but somewhere inside the ministry we don't want to be tired Somewhere it's a taboo. I preached for four hours, I'm tired, yeah. Yeah, It's a good sign. You're effective, you're productive. This week was very good for, you know, especially for me because I preached for four hours every day and it was amazing, amazing. I slept, the moment I hit the bed, I slept off. Didn't have to think. Didn't have to count backwards from thousand to one because I was tired, my body was tired. God gives sleep to the beloved. In fact, can I tell you something? When you are tired and when you sleep, God starts working. And He can do so much when you are sleeping. That doesn't mean that you sleep. That doesn't mean that you don't work and sleep. Work is a blessing. Both work and sleep was Gifts given to man by God. And this God gave before the fall. God gave both work and sleep to men, humans, before the fall. So it's not part of the fallen nature. They're good things. Work is a blessing. You know, once, once I was sitting with the young people and I asked them, hey, what do you think when you get to heaven you're you're going to do? Most of their answers were, I'm just going to... Either they said worship or they said, I'm just going to relax, you know, because I've worked enough on the earth. What if you'll be surprised that in heaven God be like, hey, learn. let me give you a responsibility. Could you... Could you take care of this? What will you do then? But God, I'm in heaven. I'm supposed to rest. <laughs> Work is a blessing. Responsibility, being given responsibility, is a blessing. It's a sign of you being matured. It's a blessing. That God can trust you with something. That's, that's a blessing. Work is a blessing. In fact, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, Paul says like this, he who does not work should not eat. So if you're not working, don't eat. (laughs) For the students, I would say, your work is your studies. So if you're a student, if you're not working, and if you're not studying, then don't eat. (laughs) That's what the Bible says. He who does not work should not eat. You should do some kind of a work. By work, I mean find the purpose. Find a purpose and fulfill that purpose and be a blessing to somebody. Work is a blessing. Work is not a curse. Toiling is a curse. And you are not created for toil. You're not created for toil. And Peter was toiling all night long. Peter, who is the expert fisherman, was toiling all night long and he found... Nothing. Toiling is not your portion. So I want to release this. Anybody who is toiling here today will not toil from this week onwards. Their life is going to change. God is going to f- make you know make you the favor. The favor in that company. Just not going to give you the favor, he's going to make you the favor. Toiling is not a portion. Work is work is so don't work for money work for fulfilling that purpose can I tell you something your salary can be your biggest limitation because your salary can define how much you need to put your effort and it can become the biggest limitation of how much and what you can achieve Don't work for your salary. Work for the purpose. When you work for the purpose, you work with excellence. And you will be rewarded for that excellence. Many people are caught in that same cycle of limitation, going from one level of salary into another level, and still they have the same complaints because they are working for money. Don't work for money. Because here's the thing, your salary is not your source. God is your source. If God wants to provide you money, he can turn this chair into money and give you. Anything is impossible, right? We have a supernatural God. But what I'm trying to say is, don't work for money, work for purpose. And when you work for purpose, do it with absolute excellence so that you'll be rewarded for your excellence. You know, when young people start working for me, and I say, hey, this is not fulfilling the purpose, they get really upset because they think that I am not appreciating the number of hours that they have put in. When I I take that work and go to my client, I can't tell my client, You know i'm sorry it's not fulfilling the purpose but my employees put in like 40 hours of work they don't care nobody cares how many hours of work that you've put in everybody cares for the purpose has it achieved the purpose or not is it fulfilling the vision or not we sometimes take a lot of pride oh man i I work today for 15 hours it doesn't matter what matters is have you achieved the purpose have you fulfilled the vision fulfill the vision work with excellence then you will start breaking out of the limitation of money mindset being caught up in money you'll break through you'll work with excellence See, as an employer, the, what, what brings me great joy is when I see something of great value. If I see, if I find that somebody who's working in my company is working for value, not for money, it will bring me great joy and I would love to reward them. I would not just love to reward them from the, you know, for, the, for the effort that they have put. I would love to reward them from the profits that I'm making. Because suddenly they've got it. They've caught the vision. Become valuable, guys. Become valuable. Become productive. Don't draw your value from salary. Draw your value from the vision that you've achieved you know this world says oh my this is my package right now and i want to move into the next package no 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 don't don't think about all of that move from one level of vision into another your salary will be the result will be the reward of your work and your excellence so work is a blessing Say with me, work is a blessing. Toiling is a curse. So you should work and not toil. And if you are toiling, I want to say you have to believe God to provide for your needs. You have to believe God. You have to believe God. If you are a tither, you have to believe God. You have have an absolute right to believe God and say, Open heavens is my portion. That's what the Bible says. Test me and see. Test me and see that I will open the windows of heaven and that you shall not lack in any good thing. So it's one thing that you can test and see. Amen? Okay, work is a blessing. Tiredness is not a bad thing. But here's the thing. When you are tired, it's an indication that you need to come to Jesus turn with me to Matthew Matthew chapter 17 sorry Matthew chapter 11 Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 come to me all who labor and are heavy laden so whom is he calling come to me all who labor and are heavy laden so he's calling people who actually work He's calling hardworking people. He's not calling lazy people. You get it? The criteria for coming to Jesus is not laziness. It's hard-working people who are tired. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. If you are tired, that gives you the credibility, that gives you the eligibility to go to Jesus. Lazy people don't have that option. So all the lazy people say, Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Honest, bro. Okay, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Jesus says, whoever is heavy laden whoever is tired whoever has worked and is you know is is weary come to me and i will give you rest the first thing that he says is take my yoke upon you meaning i'm tired right now why would jesus give me his yoke isn't that crazy completely anti intuitive I'm tired right now. I want you to take the burden off of me. But Jesus says, take my yoke. Learn from me. I don't want to learn right now. I'm tired. What is the yoke of Jesus? He says, My yoke is next to us, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We get it. Yoke is easy, burden is light, but what is the yoke? What does he mean? Take my yoke. Take my yoke. What is he trying to say? The purpose of God that is upon my life. Take that. Partner with me in the kingdom. Because, I'll tell you why. Are you listening to me, right? Jesus said, if you are thirsty, come to me and you can drink of me the living waters and well, you will have a well of eternal life. So the moment you receive Jesus, you have a well of eternal life. That well of eternal life can feed you, can feed your family. You can be well satisfied. That well of eternal life is nothing, nothing much other than the person of the Holy Spirit. So the day you receive Jesus, you are sealed with the seal of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1 verse 13. You're sealed with the seal of the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. That Holy Spirit that you have received, He is enough to sustain your life, to sustain people around you. But then in John chapter 7, He says, whoever believes in Me, streams of living waters will flow. The well is for you, streams is for nations. God's heart is for nations. God's heart is for the ends of the world. The spirit inside of you can sustain you. But it is a spirit upon you that will overflow to become a blessing to everything and everybody around you. So Jesus says, come to me if you are heavy and tired and heavy laden. I will give you my yoke so that you can operate in the streams of living waters and flow. Only if you die can you experience resurrection. That's why Paul says, I poured out myself as a drink offering. Meaning I poured everything that I have as a drink offering because I know that once everything I have I poured out, God will refill me again so that I can move into overflow. Overflow cannot happen unless you have poured yourself out. You have to pour yourself out. Because the Holy Spirit that is in you has the capability to move into overflow. But he cannot move into overflow unless you haven't poured yourself out completely. But you're thinking, but I'll be drained out, I'll get worked out, I'll get burnt out. Yes, that's why when you are tired, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus so that He can realign your purpose. And while realigning your purpose, you learn from Him. You start overflowing in the streams of living waters. The Bible says streams does not say stream. Streams meaning there are multiple streams that are coming out of you. Multiple streams to become a blessing. You are called to be a blessing not just to your family. If you are a blessing to your family, you're the most selfish person. In the kingdom. You are called to be a blessing to nations. Jesus said, go out to the ends of the earth and make disciples of all nations. He's saying, take my yoke. You're tired? Take my yoke. And you'll see the kingdom of God backing you. Backing you. See, when a police officer, he stops a guy who's driving a truck no matter how big that truck is no matter how big that guy is the truck needs to stop the truck will stop why because the police officer when he says stop there's a backing of the entire government there's an invisible backing of the government so when you flow in the purposes of the kingdom there's an entire backing of god's kingdom upon your life entire backing so whenever you find yourself tired it's a it's a good indicator you need to come to jesus come to jesus separate yourself come to jesus spend time with the lord let Him rejuvenate you. Let Him refresh you. But how is He rejuvenating you? Not so that you could go back for a vacation. You need a vacation to, be, to get rejuvenated. But you don't go for a vacation for another vacation. You go for a vacation so that you can be effective. And you come back in the purposes. I love vacations. But sometimes, have you been in some vacation where you, you get so tired again. And you're like, man, I need another vacation from this. Have you been in such vacations? I have been. That's why when, when Jesus talks about, I will give you rest, it is not an event, it is a lifestyle. Rest has to become your lifestyle, it has to become ingrained as part of your lifestyle. God told the Israelites when they were moving from Egypt to the promised land, God said, you shall honor the seventh day, honor the Lord by keeping the Sabbath on the seventh day. And the reasoning that the Lord gave was, because remember that you were slaves in Egypt. The reason why you have to keep a Sabbath day you have to rest with the Lord is so that he can change your identity from being a slave into being, into being the son. Because slaves don't get off. Slaves toil seven days a week. They don't get a break. So God is like, can you trust me? Honor this day. In fact, it was not just the seventh day that, will, that they set aside for the Lord. Even the seventh year, the entire year, the seventh year was kept aside for the Lord. Where they were not allowed to plant. And God said, on the sixth year, I will give you enough harvest that will take care of your sixth, seventh and eighth. What I learned from that is, you need to have a bank account. You can't can't live like, (laughs) living in in the wilderness, asking God for manna is not plan A, it's plan B. Living daily, depending on God for manna for each day is plan B. Your calling is to live in the promised land where sixth year God gives you so much, that it overflows into seventh year where you take a break into eighth year where you don't get to harvest but you sow so it takes care of your sixth, seventh and eighth year. So you need to have barns. How can God fill your barns if you don't have barns? God needs something. You need to have barns. That's why I'm saying don't just live paycheck to paycheck. Don't. There needs to be an overflow. If there is not, let me pray over that. There needs to be an overflow. You should not live paycheck to paycheck. You are called to be a blessing. And God says on the sixth year, I'll give you so much that you will live in the abundance of the sixth year. In the overflow of the sixth year. That it will sustain you till the eighth year. And God says, do this so that you trust me. If God asks you to take a break from your work and says, set yourself apart, I want you to go to the mission field of Pokhara in Nepal, how many of you can actually do it? One whole year? Or you be worried about, I, I don't know, meaning... You need to have that kind of freedom. I'm trying to show you something. You are not an employee first. You are, you are the child of God with a mandate of establishing the kingdom. Once, once you get that, becoming an employee of the company that you are is just a secondary thing. You know, Just to fulfill the major mandate that is upon you to disciple nations. If you don't have money for missions now what do you have money for I just want to say I, I want to challenge you don't live paycheck to paycheck don't live paycheck to paycheck may God bless your bonds let it overflow so that when he asks you when he asks of you you can be the, you can be an ATM card, ATM machine you know but in India ATM machines don't work mostly But (laughs) I pray that you will be ATM machines that work all the time, 24-7. Whenever God wants to withdraw, He can make the withdrawal. Live for the kingdom. There's no other greater privilege that we have than living for the kingdom. Let me show you another verse, okay? 2 Corinthians. Sorry, again. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. Therefore... My beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. When he is writing this verse, when he is writing this letter, he is not writing to a group of pastors. He is writing to believers. And to believers he is saying, be steadfast, immovable, Always abounding in the work of the Lord. That means if you are a believer of Lord Jesus, you have an awful letter from heaven. That awful letter from heaven is not just for pastors. It's for you. And Paul says, abound in the work of the Lord, knowing that the work, that the labor that you do for the Lord is not in vain. It has eternal rewards. Eternal. Eternal. See, what you do for your company is not eternal. But what you do for the kingdom has eternal rewards. Hebrews 11 verse 3. By faith, Abel offers. You know that word offers? In your ESV it says offered, but the actual word is offers. That means God still sees him as offering. What you do for the Lord becomes eternal. Partner with the kingdom. The kingdom will back you up. You want to experience the power of resurrection? Oh man, partner with the kingdom. Partner with the kingdom. Be diligent, be intentional. Partner with the kingdom. The purposes of the kingdom will help you overflow in every dimension of your life. When the kingdom starts backing you up, here's the thing. If the if the government of India can give good salaries to their employees, how much do you think the kingdom can give rewards? Don't you think the kingdom will be concerned about your children's fees about your, about your usual day to day activities? Devote your life for the kingdom. There's no other purpose that is greater than the kingdom. That's what Jesus said, don't worry about what you'll eat. Don't worry about what you'll wear. Seek ye first. But seek ye first. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Don't, these things are not meant to be pursued. Money is not meant to be pursued. Influence is not meant to be pursued. Clothes are not meant to be pursued. These things are meant to be added. And they will be added as you start pursuing the dream of God. We've been praying for, Lord, send a revival, send a revival, send a revival to India, send a revival to India. And God is like, whom will I send? Everybody is just asking for revival. Somebody needs to say, Lord, I am willing to become your revival. If everybody in India just prays, Lord, send a revival, send a revival, we have people who are here as a revival. But we we need to stand up. This is our land. We need to stand up and say, Lord, I partner with you to become the revival. To become the revival that you dream for. You know, one thing that I've learned is the secret of effortless living is see what the Lord is already doing and align yourself, position yourself in the direction of what God is doing, effortlessly you will go. Have you been in a beach? Like if you go against the wave of the sea, you'll feel the pressure. But if you go in the direction, the waves will take you. It's, and it's fun. You love it. There's no stress, no effort that you make. It's effortless. So if you can position yourself in the flow of where the kingdom is flowing, effortless living is your portion. Effortless living. In fact, in fact, what you should ask yourself is, not ask yourself, ask the Lord, Lord, what are you doing? What are you doing? Because even before I came to this place, you were doing something. And I want to align my heart towards what you are doing so that I can flow in the direction of what you already are doing. We sometimes take a lot of credit, right? Because we think nothing is happening and then we come and then God starts doing something. We, we want to take credit of that. You know, God did it through me. Yes, but God was already doing something there. God came even before you came. You came at 10 o'clock to the church. God came way before that. And there was move. There was a steering that God created. All of us just got aligned to that steering that God already created. We do not initiate anything. God initiates, we respond. True worship is responding to God. Self-righteousness is initiating. Or at least thinking to initiate. I started the ministry. I started this. I did this. I worshipped. I prayed. You pray. You read the word. Everything that you do, you worship, is a response to what He is already doing. So you're responding. Lord, what are you doing? I don't know what are you doing. You're doing something, I know. Because the Bible says, he's finished everything from the foundations of the earth. That means he's done it. It's finished. What is that you're doing? What is that you've already done in this place? I want to align myself in the direction of what you've already done. And that's how you operate from a place of rest. You don't operate from a place of toil, trying to figure out what should you do. You operate from a place of rest, knowing that God has finished, has done it, has finished Every ministry that we are thinking of starting, God has already finished it before the foundation of the earth. So instead of trying to figure out, figure out, trying to become more analytical and become logical and trying to figure it out by yourself, ask the Lord. He'll tell you. I finished this, my son. Ephesians 2 verse 10. You you are God's masterpiece created for good works, which he created not afterhand, beforehand. He created beforehand so that you could walk in them. So God has created everything. You are, We are just simply walking in them. Walking in them. We're just simply saying yes to what the Lord has done. And we see it. And we think that it's of our merit. No, it's God. Everything is God. It's all God's grace. But what is our responsibility is to understand, is to position ourselves in the direction where God is leading us where what God has already done and understand that God has finished this so I don't have to strive for it just rest knowing that God is in control to walk from that place of absolute rest trusting the Lord let me show you something Sam's I actually like this verse that's why Psalms 127. Psalms 127 verse 2. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil for he gives to his beloved sleep. Anybody who is trouble having sleep, declare this verse over your life. It is vain. It is vain to work hard like this, having no sleep. Because he gives his beloved sleep. But I want you to read the first verse also. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. If the Lord hasn't built your ministry, whatever you're building is in vain. If the Lord hasn't built your business, whatever you're building is in vain. So just the fact that you're doing something and something is working and you see God's hand, that means the Lord has already built it and finished it. It's finished. So rest, take a moment to pause and rest and be still and know that he is God and acknowledge that God is the one who has done it and he will lead you. Not trying to figure it out all by yourself and getting stressed out and getting worried. Rest. So here here are my three points for you. Practical points. They're very important. The first one is pause, pause. In the work that you have, in the responsibilities that you have, learn to take pauses in between. It could be a five minute pause or 10 minute, 15 minute, whatever, how much, how much ever the time serves you. But pause, pause, take a moment. Take a moment from whatever you're doing, pause, pause. The second point is breathe. (laughs) Because we are all breathing but we forget to actually breathe. Because we are so caught up in the corporate rat race that we actually forget to breathe. Pause and breathe. Just be still. The Bible says be still and know that I am God. Pause and breathe. Just breathe. Acknowledge. Third point is acknowledge. Acknowledge. What should you acknowledge? Acknowledge that you are loved. Acknowledge that God is in control. Acknowledge that Jesus has finished everything on the cross. Pause. Breathe. Acknowledge. The reason why I'm giving you these keys is because... The more we engage ourselves with the world, here's a fact. We are living in the world, so at some level or the other, we are engaging with the world. But the more we engage ourselves with the world, we forget our spiritual reality. And we start behaving like the world. One of the challenges as a shepherd, for me, is to to really have a check on my heart that I'm not speaking in the language of the sheep you know what's the language of the sheep my family my problems my issues if I if I if I dwell too much of my time with my sheep I will start speaking the same language So I have to see once I'm getting weary and tired and then go back to Jesus, get rejuvenated, take his yoke upon me and be like, overflow. Similarly, the more we engage with the world, we start talking like the world. And it happens so subconsciously that you won't even realize. You can quote all the Bible verses that you want to, but you will be talking like the world without even realizing That's why you need to pause here and there. Catch yourself. Pause. Take a moment. Breathe. Be still and acknowledge that God is good. You have a very important presentation that you need to present. It it might probably change the course of your company's future. But just before you do that, take a moment and pray. Oh Lord, I know that you're good. Your favor is upon my life. I learned this from Nehemiah in the Bible. Nehemiah, before he responded to the king on what he needed, he took a moment and prayed to the Lord Lord, how should I respond to this king? And he saw favor from the king. The king said, What do you need? I will build the walls of Jerusalem. What do you need? Tell me. Take a moment. Take a moment in your busy schedule, take a moment. Busyness, just being simply busy is not good. It's very unhealthy. Very unhealthy. You have to be intentional about it. Be intentional about it. So if you know that your work timing is 10 to 5, be intentional on how you're going to take those breaks. It needn't be two hours of fasting prayer. That's... It's not what I want you to do if you're going to a company. Because you're being ineffective there. You're misusing the time. It could be five minutes. Just five minutes quickly reflecting on the Lord. Taking a moment to realign your mind and your heart and be like, God, you're good. I know that you love me. I know that I am beloved. I know, I know that you have finished everything from the beginning. So I am just overflowing in your finished work right now. Just take a moment. Take a moment to realign yourself. And if you keep practicing this, what you'll realize is you're working from a posture of rest. Rest no longer becomes an event. Rest becomes your lifestyle. Rest has to become your lifestyle. Amen. Yeah, that's it. I'm done. Hallelujah. See, I think this is like, for me, one of the most important messages because it is part of my life. It is is really part of my life. It is really ingrained in my life. Whether I'm doing ministry or whether I'm doing my business, doesn't matter. Somehow, subconsciously, God has helped me to program my heart and mind to live in a lifestyle of rest. And if you notice, because of the lifestyle of rest that I have tapped into, everybody around me experiences that. You ask my people who work for me, work with me, they will tell you, we don't toil. We don't toil. You want proof? Come on a weekday and see how this place runs and we do it with excellence just because we don't toil doesn't mean that we compromise on excellence we do we complete every everything that is entrusted upon us with excellence so i want to i want to impart this grace over your life that you will start living effortlessly but with excellence effortlessly without any toil that you you're not just working and don't have time for family You're not just working and don't have time for the kingdom. You're just not working and don't have time for yourself. You can have all of this, all of this, if rest becomes your lifestyle. Rest has to become your lifestyle. So remember what I told you? Tiredness is not a bad thing, getting burnt out is a bad thing. So when you get tired, use that as an indication to go back to Jesus. Go back to Jesus. Go back to Jesus. Jesus realign yourself realign your reality and you'll start overflowing you'll be a blessing amen are you blessed okay if you want to receive this grace just stand up on your feet i want to pray for you that toiling will not be your portion toiling will not be your portion but you will stand firm in what jesus has done stand firm stand firm stand firm Stand firm. Stand firm. If you want to receive this grace, just lift your hands high. Just lift your hands high and say, Lord, I receive your rest. The rest is my portion. Rest is my portion. Rest is my portion. I will not toil, but I will rest. I will rest in your finished work. I'll rest in your finished work. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Effortless living right now. We receive your effortless living. Effortless living. Effortless living, O Lord. Effortless living, O Lord. Effortless living, O Lord. I pray the areas where your children are toiling, I pray, O Lord, that your light will shine upon it and expose it so that they will not get burnt out but they will see that as a sign to get help from the Holy Spirit right now. Reveal, reveal, reveal the areas. Expose Come in light. If it has been revealed, that means you have been healed. If it has been exposed, that means it has been healed. It has been restored. Yes. I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else nothing else will do I just want you and nothing else and nothing else nothing else will do I just want you and nothing else and nothing else Nothing else will do. I just want. Come on, just take a moment to fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And say, if you have been toiling all these years and if you've been seeing no fruit in your life, come on, just take a moment to see Jesus. See the cross. On the cross, Jesus said, It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. Your toil has finished. You no longer has, have to toil because Jesus, Jesus took that toil upon himself. It is finished. Rest is your portion. Rest is your portion. Rest is your portion. Toil has no legal right over your life. Rest is your portion. Receive it right now in the name of Jesus in the authority of the gospel. Receive it right now. Rest is your portion. Rest is your portion. Rest as a lifestyle is your portion. Rest is your portion. Rest is your portion. portion. Oh yes. Nothing else will do. I just want nothing else nothing else nothing else will do i just want you nothing else nothing else nothing else will do i just want nothing else And nothing else, nothing else will do, I just want you. And nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. Father, we want to thank you, for you are the God of rest you're a god who gives us delight who gives us rest who gives us the pleasure to enjoy the work that you have given to us as a blessing work is not a curse work is a blessing given to us by you and we celebrate we celebrate the work that you have done lord i pray that As you rested from your work on the seventh day. Because you wanted to delight in the work that you have done. I pray that you will give rest to your children. So that they will delight in the work that you have done in their lives. To take a moment to delight in the work that you have done in their lives. May the rest be restorative in nature. I speak Shabbat Shalom over your life. Rest and peace upon your life. Nothing missing, nothing broken, everything that has been taken will be restored to you in your place of rest. Everything be restored in the name of Jesus. And I pray, O Lord, a time of nourishment, a time of rejuvenation. May rest be a time where they feed upon your word. They find the joy of feeding upon your word and delight in your word. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We bless your name. We bless your name. We receive, Lord. We receive. We receive.